Hey, everybody, it's Adam Ray for the About Last Night podcast. Thank you for listening to the show, wherever you get it. Uh, appreciate the love and support, all your tweets, all your emails, all your five-star ratings, and your comments on the iTunes page. If you haven't done that yet, do it right now while you're listening to the intro. Go to iTunes, type in About Last Night podcast, five-star rating, click that fifth star, and uh, leave a comment on the, uh, on the iTunes page. Helps us climb the charts. Um, man, so much cool shit going on. Uh, Mad TV premieres July 26th on the CW, 9 p.m. Uh, we've been doing table reads, starting rehearsals. It's going to be awesome. Uh, old cast members are confirmed to come back. Can't wait. Um, it's really going to be awesome. So make sure you have your DVR set. July 26th, CW, 9 p.m. every Tuesday, all summer long. Uh, this Wednesday, of course, Brad Williams and I will be in San Diego at the San Diego Comic Art Gallery, 7 p.m. live about last night podcast, interviewing the co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, podcast and a half show, dear about <laughs> uh, Kevin Eastman, the co-creator of the Ninja Turtles. We're interviewing live at the San Diego Comic Art Gallery, uh, 7 p.m. show. Limited tickets available. Go to AdamRayTV.com and find the link for tickets on my calendar page. Uh, today's episode is, uh, you know what, it's, it's great when we get guests that just happen so organically. Uh, when I did Red Rocks last year for my friend's pilot festival in Denver, the opening night was Red Rocks. They had a big uh, concert. The John Legend headlined Whitney Cummings did stand up. I did it a little bit of time before Whitney, which was insane to perform in front of 10,000 people at Red Rocks. It was bananas. I've seen Dave Matthews Band there and to be on that stage. I mean, the Beatles performed there. It, it's, uh, it was an insane venue. John Legend's manager I uh, ended up uh, getting chummy with. Uh, we've kicked it back here in L.A. His name is Mike Jackson. He is the man. Uh, he uh, you know, started up Get Lifted Productions with John Legend. Uh, they've produced tons of Broadway shows, uh, TV shows, Neil Brennan's Three Mike stand-up show that I think he's doing into a special. Uh, they also produce uh, Underground, the um, slave drama on WGN. And one of the stars of that show, the star of that show, who also was on Leverage, uh, and Friday Night Lights. He played MC Ren in Straight Outta Compton. I'm talking about Aldous Hodge, baby. That's right, Aldous Hodge and Mike Jackson sat down with us and uh, and just had a really, just an awesome chat about, I mean, Jesus. First of all, the uh, uh, Underground, you know, the show that, um, as Aldous says, you know, isn't about, it's not really, you know, a slave drama per se, but more about uh, people who are, who are enslaved and, you know, fighting for equal rights and, uh, they kind of go on the run, escaping their their uh, their situation. It's a pretty intense and unbelievable show. It's on the WGN. Uh, WGN. They just got picked up for a second season. Definitely check it out if you just like great TV that that is shot unbelievable. Um, every episode looks like a movie. So uh, we get into that. We talk about uh, Aldis's start in Los Angeles, how he designs watches. It like I mean, the dude is a smart. And diverse individual. Uh, he talks about his State Farm commercial uh, with LeBron experience, working and meeting Tom Cruise on Jack Reacher, which uh, which brought up just a great point about you know um, working with big stars like that and how uh, unpredictable that situation can be. But uh, he said Tom Cruise was the man, which he'll get into. Uh, and Mike Jackson shares amazing insights into the producer world, uh, meeting how he met John Legend and started that relationship. Uh, it's a great episode. 
a uh, little over an hour. Uh, the guys are great, and um, and hopefully this leads to a John Legend ALN appearance, which is what we're working on. Uh, but enjoy this episode and uh, follow Aldous Hodge on Twitter at Aldous Hodge. Be on the lookout for season two of Underground. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Adam Ray Comedy. Follow Brad on Twitter at Funny Brad at ALN Podcast. On Twitter, at ALN Podcast on Instagram, AdamRay33, Brad Williams Comic on Instagram. Tour dates coming up. Uh, I'm local. As I said, Mad TV, we start shooting uh, next week. So um, I'm in town, AdamRayTV.com for all my tour dates. Laugh Factory, Comedy Store, Improv this week. Uh, so go to AdamRayTV.com, check out where I am, come see me. Of course, this Wednesday, one more time, San Diego Comic Art Gallery, 7 p.m., Live ALN show interviewing co-creator of Ninja Turtles, Kevin Eastman. Get your tickets at AdamRayTV.com. Uh, Brad Williams, after the San Diego show, will be in... Uh, where's Brad going to be? Oh, shit. Brad is uh, is home for the next couple weeks. Oh, and then he goes to Montreal. That's right. Brad goes to Montreal soon, but I think he's home. His next date's July 14th through the 17th at the uh, Columbus Funny Bone in Columbus, Ohio. July 14th through the 17th. Funny Bone, Columbus, Ohio. Brad Williams. Get your tickets at funnybone.com. Stoymerchandise.com for all the ALN merch. T-shirts, mugs, hats, posters on the way. Uh, Go to stoymerchandise.com to get all your ALN merch. Bring it to the shows. Sign it. Uh, We'll sign it. You sign your own shit and bring it to the show. And we'll take a picture with your name on your shirt. Um, And, uh, and, you know, uh, maybe you could be... Um, the podcast being one of their stops, but uh, it's going to have to be pushed a little bit because, hey, man, movie star schedules. They get crazy. Um, Working on some more Ghostbuster cast members. Um, Wayne Brady. uh, So many good apps. So subscribe on iTunes. Make sure you uh, have it downloaded on your phone, your Android, Stitcher, aboutlastnightpodcast.com for all past and present episodes. Now that we've got the tour dates out of the way, those are the Twitter handles. That's all the merch info. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of the About Last Night Podcast with Mike Jackson and Aldous Hodge. Well, the weekend's over, so it's time to chat about it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was eavesdropping on your conversation, but when you hear stuff like, uh, did, did, "Did we hear from Will and Jada's people?" and uh, you're like, yeah, "Oh yeah, 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 okay, yeah, we, yeah, we, we got the phone call from them. Uh, Fresh Prince Two, Electric Boogaloo is back on. So you saw on the train. <laughs> yeah. I like that. You saw yeah. what we saw. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, all right, can I get like the Carlton role, like all, like all, or, like his son, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. That, 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 that's just conversations that I, I hope I have one day in this business. Is, Be careful I'm, I'm, what you wish for, by the yeah. way. Oh, really? <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. Now, yeah. now like, I, like, I've heard that a million times of just, uh, it's, uh, I mean, not not to quote Biggie or nothing, but yeah. mo' money, mo' problems. But uh, like when you get to that level, why is it? more stressful like what like why do you say be careful what you wish for because you're no longer a human being at that point you're just like a an Ooh, opportunity a product yeah i Ooh, can't you're imagine an actor or a producer or a writer or a director yeah. the more success you have the more public your projects are and by proxy you become 
the more of a target you become. Ooh, like okay. literally everywhere you walk, everybody's like, Oh, you're a walking bank. Yeah. What can I get from you today? <laughs> yeah. You know how many charities bank. ask for money? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how can you help us buy more hot tubs? Yeah. yeah. That and like they're, they're so like in talking about the charities, they're so yeah. good. Cause you want to say yes to everyone. Like, I opened my mail and I got one from the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation and they have these kids on the cover and you're just like, Argh. I want to help the children. How do I say no to Cystic? Like, I don't want that. And then I don't want that moment like kind of like the Coke ad where you see the Indian with the one tear to where like <laughs> I turn down I'm like I, I I just throw the cystic fibrosis ad like in the recycling and then and, and I look up there's a kid like staring at me like that was for my iPad I'm like oh, fuck <laughs> fuck I just think I'm gonna catch everything I don't support yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like bad karma or yeah for oh, sure. I'm, well and that and that's why I don't really donate to dwarfism causes because I'm like got that already. <laughs> I'm good. I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> I, you I, guys didn't help me out, so yeah. <laughs> I caught it. <laughs> I caught, I I caught it. <laughs> You're right. I used to be six foot four. Yeah. I had like a contract with the NBA, yeah. and all of a sudden, right. someone yeah. coughed on me, and then oh, all of a sudden, man. I'm up. And now I, I, and I was curious how you get it. It's just a single cough. Yeah, right? it's just a single cough. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but it's like it, it, it has to be one of those Derek Zoolander coughs, like the. If yeah. you ever hear that, that's a dwarfism cough. Oh my god, now, it's contagious. Is there? You a, know, you catch it the same way you catch black or you catch gay. <laughs> god, stay away. Stay god away. Is not oh, the answer, just, god, god, god makes things contagious at a very early age. God bless. Could there ever be any um, uh, dwarfs in season two of Underground? Or is that we love if they're white? Yeah, yeah. 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 We just love killing white people. <laughs> we'll kill a dwarf. Okay. We'll kill there, there's something about that. Why? Why does that make me excited? <laughs> I mean, there's something. Ride them apart. Like, yeah, there, there's something about being. There's, there's something in you that you need to fix. Yeah. You need a hug. Yeah. But, and, 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 not, and not being the slave owner part. That yeah. part doesn't excite me. Let's just be perfectly clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not like. Are it's you all, sure? Yeah. Are you sure? Your eyes got it's real big. It's always right? been my dream. <laughs> That's what, like, they asked for my make a wish. I was yeah. like, well, it's kind of complicated, yeah. but. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine if somebody asked for that? I want to be Jim Carrey and be a slave owner. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. But oh, yeah, there, there, there's. I've always wanted to die in like a movie or totally. a TV show, Something like a, dramatic. Like, yeah, just just always wanted that. Like hell, well, we can I, we can help you out with that. Yes, you know. yes, we can. All we can right, and I mean, and it doesn't even have to be like like be, like because I'm a dwarf slave owner. It could be like you drown me in a puddle. Like it, <laughs> like it doesn't have to be crazy. No, no. no. If you die on your show, yeah. our show, it's gonna die. You're gonna die in an exciting way. It, like well, nobody exciting. goes out like a punk. No, nobody. No thing. puddle diving. No. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 you, you sound like the guy at my, my park. Hey, no puddle diving, midget. Ah, damn it. Okay, but you're you're right when you say no one goes out quietly because you're because no. this show underground, like it's a. Th- it, what's that? Oh, yeah. No, I'm just I'm looking for something cool for you guys. Oh, great. It's, oh okay. Yeah, hopefully, if I can He's find. He's not it. not paying attention. No, no, I'm yeah, listening. Yeah. I'm okay. listening. It, okay. it all ties. That's when okay. he talks to me. He, literally yeah, yeah, gotcha yeah, yeah. but like right. what i was saying like you got like this show is a thriller absolutely it's not like because when you think of shows and movies that are from this era in this time shows. slave shows okay mm-hmm. uh then it, it, it's it's always 
it's always like a period piece where it's like an examination of the time and like a human struggle and yeah, like yeah. it's 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 as a white person it it, it really hurts to watch because you're like oh we were so bad oh this was horrible yeah, white we, guilt yeah just oh yeah, just twelve years a slave high with a guy I just met another comedian I don't and think we that were, works we were it was, it was, it was, we were checking with each other the whole time like oh this was a bad idea uh, oh that's not that's not. That's not good. That's a that's a billboard that says uh, it's from Alice's phone. It yeah. says "Make America White Again." Oh my Apparently, God. I think somebody's running in Tennessee or something like that, and that's what they're leading with. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, like so I mean, app. I mean, to kind of segue from that to to yeah. where the show is, yeah. where, where we are on the show is Rick not, Tyler's his name. Yeah, Rick Tyler. Okay, so hey, Rick Tyler, how about to fuck you <laughs> about last night podcast? <laughs> fuck yeah. Rick Tyler. Let's I'm like, was no America ever white? Because <laughs> when when native y'all got here, yeah. they were a little tan. Yeah, yeah. little little flavor upon but your arrival. Rick. It's, yeah, the funny. It's just weird how much that correlates to to what's happening today and that speaks to why where the difference is i think in the execution yeah it's because you can understand it resonates mm-hmm. and you connect with it plus i mean like you said it is exciting because we finally threw that sexy kind of action-packed yeah you know twang on it yeah like it's like the same way like uh 24 was always like oh what's happening next what's that like right. that's what this show is and you're always like oh like it, it's a thriller it's a and thriller, i right. just haven't seen that from this genre and well, it, they always live on the plantation right right they, they never really get off yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so and we, you guys are oh, you like i think like 75 percent of the show is running yeah bro where do you guys shoot <laughs> You live in the swamp, basically. Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Was yeah, I can't tell you how beat up my knees were because you're sitting in there running in woods, and we're in those real authentic slave shoes. First of all, it's pretty much the equivalent of paper because, right. you know, two, three days out there in the woods and the rubble and all that, They're your gone. shoes, the, the sole starts coming off. And yeah. I, I got to tell too. you, though, as a producer on the show, it's really tough for me when I have to watch them running through the swamps. Kiss my ass. <laughs> it's just... Sorry, I missed that shot. I was too busy counting money. Uh, can <laughs> yeah. you exactly. go go run back in the swamp waist high? Yeah. Can nice. we make a shoulder high? Yeah. Can, we, nice. can we make the Let's swamp deeper? Do it one more time. <laughs> I wasn't feeling that one. Now, as you as a producer, when you're like picking locations for like swamps, are there other swamps that were or areas that were being looked at for Yeah, Mike, how the hell does that work? So uh, I'm gonna pass that over uh, Mike, to uh, uh, our creators. Yeah. Uh, okay. Joe Pekaski okay. mm-hmm. and our yeah. director and uh Anthony Hemingway in multiple episodes. So they are the ones that kind of lead the creative vision and execution on a day to day basis. Mm-hmm. We're just there to kind of look pretty and Yeah. I don't see you taking no responsibility, Mike. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna take responsibility. I don't see I you mean, standing up, Mike. Not, well, yeah. well we got you out of Louisiana for season two, so that's something yeah. that's something. Thank okay. Oh, what? okay. Yeah. yeah. We're we're not shooting back. we we were in Baton Rouge for the first season, yeah. we're not Baton Rouge for the second. What yeah. are you guys can shoot? Uh, can we say? I don't know. A, stu- a soundstage in Burbank? Yes. yes. It's all green screen. Okay. Have, you, have you heard of Bel Air? <laughs> that's, uh, that's why we were on the phone with Will yeah. and Jada's people. Yeah, exactly. yeah, they yeah. got the sound stage. Will's doing a cameo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. and, and Will knows all about He's Bel Air. He's going to kill Brad. Yeah. 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 in the pond. Done. <laughs> Done. Uh, what I dig that I think I heard in some interview was where, uh, uh, Aldous, you were saying that uh, it wasn't a slave drama, but it was a show about people that were enslaved that were yes. fighting for... B- better rights yeah yeah that's that's a difference like for people man. who haven't seen the show which well fuck yes. them fuck them first of all <laughs> yeah, everybody should have seen the show yeah, by for now. sure 
It is on. I mean, it's on a massive. It's yeah. yeah, and it's, it's on. Uh, and I I looked it up on Rotten Tomatoes because Rotten Tomatoes does t, uh, TV now, yeah, and yeah. you guys are at ninety five percent. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, ninety five percent. With all with all due respect and, and humility, yeah, it's a really good show. It's an incredible yeah. show. Yeah. How did it even uh, come to be? Misha, I mean, I speak to that Mike. Misha Green, who's one of the co creators, yeah. Uh, yeah, literally was hanging out with her sister trying to figure out what's next. Yeah, mm-hmm. and her sister was like, you know, you should do a show about the Underground Railroad. And her response was, Underground mm. would be a really cool title. Yeah. yeah. And then she just started doing oh, research. It does pop. Yeah. It's amazing yeah. how much a title can immediately just make it you go, oh, you should check that out. It's just cool, man. Yeah. It's like everybody wants to be a part of something underground. Yeah. 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 The, more, the, more, the more research you start doing about the, the time and like the process of the Underground Railroad, mm. the more intriguing it becomes. And the more you realize you don't know shit about the Underground Railroad. I was going right. to say, how much did you know prior Nothing, to doing you know, it? We always say, you know, a paragraph in the history yeah. book and, and, sure. and uh, Harriet Tubman, who's a hero of ours, clearly, but there's thousands of Harriet Tubmans yeah. that helped the movement. I'll tell you, as a black American who is almost 30, it was embarrassing to realize how much I wow. didn't you know. Yeah. And yeah. Granted, growing up, you, when you search for it, it's not easily accessible. You know, it's not laid out there for you because these people are not painted as heroes. And sometimes their entire history and existence is is destroyed and erased because it sort of paints shame on the foundation of America. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. That's what's real. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's that's what was happening. It was the first, it was the first integrated civil rights movement in American history. And that's wow. where you find that's the pride. A- yeah. You know? I mean, going back to what you were saying, like, it's kind of hard to watch, you know, you see, yes, there are white people who are doing bad things, but then you also have this group of white people who are raising up, and that's a part of the story that the abolitionists people yes. don't talk about. Right. And, and that, it's like, yo, give them their credit. so you fucked up. I mean? Yeah, why is that? Is it just... Well, think about it. It's, it's, it's Americans defeating Americans. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Americans, it, it, multicultural collective collection of Americans defeating white Americans in power. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and, they don't and, want that. Yeah, and these yeah. and and, the, and these people that you're talk, that you're talking about, they did help. They had stops on on their on their property, and they faced mm-hmm. real consequences if yeah. they were found out. So, every, like, and that and that and that's the thing about the show is kind of everyone's at risk, whether it be the runaway slaves, obviously they're they're at risk. The abolitionists, even the people that are chasing them, it's like they're at risk too. I mean, don't get me wrong, we want them to. You, go, yeah, yeah, go, I mean, go to hell and you die. But at, you at the same get time, your- <laughs> <laughs> come on, Chris chase, chase. <laughs> But yeah, like, like, there, like, there's never that. that I mean, rather than maybe a couple sweet moments uh, with uh, the love interests and mm-hmm. the love stories, but there's never like that st- time in the show where you can just go. Okay, everything's okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, everything's fine. But I think that speaks to how uh, compelling uh, it is, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, at the end of season one, you can take a break. Yeah, you take, take a little yeah. breather. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you can pause. Actually, not really. I mean, at the end of the season, when it seems like everybody had a heart attack because they had to wait so long for it to come back again, which yeah. is a great thing. Yeah. They're like, 2017? What do Why? You yeah. I'm like, usually that's what happens when a series goes yeah. off. You wait till the next yeah, year. Yeah. yeah. Have you heard of Entourage? So, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like uh, two years. Yeah. Game of Thrones is like just about to end. It's, 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 not, it's not coming back in like two months. Like, yeah. It's, it's going to take a little higher. There's some time. And especially the way you guys shoot this, like this is not your cheesy tv show that you're like okay they made that in a like it's not a formula to where you can plug any sort of storyline in it's like you're making movies like you're you're making little mini movies 
every time in terms of the cinematography, some of the ways that uh, you guys are like that uh, opening shot. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, dude. You know what, sir? I yeah. respect you for that. Oh, thank I you. Respect you. Thank you. <laughs> well, I mean, like I wa- I watched some of the episodes, and I'm like, oh wow, this is like they're they're not slacking on any part. No. And you talk about the, that opening shot that set the tone because in addition to this incredible camera angle and the running and you panting, yeah, and you're uh, and, yeah, yeah. and you're and yeah, you're breathing cutting, hard cutting to the breathing, yeah, song, yeah, and then you're going with. Kanye West, Black Skinhead, that beat playing. Such a cheap song, The License. Really? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay, this is uh, me not knowing the business yeah, going, yeah. oh, you did wow. really? That just cost yeah. like a hundred bucks? You yeah. just gave it to you? It was five episodes. A Starbucks no. gift card. That's all it took. <laughs> yeah. Kanye really likes his cappuccinos. Yeah. He, he, he did it for charity. It was charity. <laughs> He's a really giving guy. Yeah. We had Legend give him a call. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and that's yeah. got and that's that's got to help having John Legend, who's a producer on the show, and he's like mostly doing like the. Well, no, John's John's my producing partner. Okay, mm-hmm. we have a company called Get Lifted Film Co. It's John, myself, and a woman named Tash Declorious, mm-hmm. and we are traditional TV and film producers. Okay, in addition to producing and developing content for both TV, film, and stage. Yeah, this wasn't your first show. No, yeah, but uh, we um, when you have John Legend, you're gonna. Get the doors your, open. Yeah, your, no, yeah. but you're going to dip your toe on the music side of it. Absolutely. Well. Um, and we're not crazy. We know that our strength coming into the project was what we brought <laughs> musically. Um, and and we, we, we feel like we did a pretty good job well, of that. It adds right. so Guys, much. the music is very important. What do you think you can do about that? Yeah. <laughs> we're like, and go. Yeah. Uh, you know, the music is great. And one of the great things about the music and opening with Kanye and, 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 and having, you know, The weekend and, and John even and all these great mm-hmm. artists even some emerging artists is, and we often say this as well, it, it made it contemporary. It, yeah. it kind of took it off. Like it didn't make it feel like a history lesson. Is that what you're right. But between the thriller aspect of it and mm-hmm. what Joe and Misha did, marrying that with the music, it really brings in a younger audience that yeah. doesn't feel like yeah, like, forcing something. You, yeah. you hear, because like, uh, if you see certain films and movies made about this time, like you say, you feel very separated from it, and it feels like another time, another mm-hmm. era, so, so, something we don't necessarily have to think about now. And then, but then you like when you start with that music, it just links it, and you Brings go you like, right yeah. yeah, and it goes like, oh, okay, they're doing this from this perspective now, and in, in a yeah. way that has not been done before. Yeah, I now, mean, music is subliminally, subliminally very, very important because. It's one of those things that people take for granted in in terms of it setting the tone, yeah. mm-hmm. setting the pace, and there's an entire generation watching our show that doesn't even have a clue about this time yeah. frame, this history, Absolutely. but they know this music, right? You know, and you know when you hear something familiar, you automatically find something to connect yeah. that's familiar, yeah. and then you lock in. So the next time you go somewhere, you start hearing that music. Guess what you're thinking about? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then it allows you to find some way to rationalize what's happening on the screen. Yeah. Now, or, when you're doing when, when you're running, do you know that that song's going to be used or like hey yeah. just Oh, really? It was written to It was written in there. That's yeah. that has to act amazing. It, was, that has it to wasn't help John Legend's musical genius <laughs> yeah. to uh, come up with that one. Right. It like, was actually written in the script. Yeah. 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 And that has to help a lot to know like okay, like cuz then you know the kind of intensity that that music is bringing to yeah. the scene that you that you can then translate into your performance cuz like 
it, it, like if you're running and, and breathing as hard as you are, and they got like for release playing in the background, you're like, all right, well, yeah, maybe like it's not, it's not the same. <laughs> it's not gonna happen, guys. By the way, drink five for your first for release reference on the Bow Last Night podcast. <laughs> Wait, now, do you? I'm cultured. Uh, do you like listen <laughs> yeah. to the song before that scene, or like nah. how do you prep for a scene like no, that? No, no. I mean, for me, the scene is about the scene, the honesty of it, regardless. Mm-hmm. So whatever song is playing, I'm gonna do my thing, and then you know, hopefully it marries. Yeah. Um, it is nice knowing where the what music is going to be there however it is still a test we have to figure out does it work yeah. because for a yeah. lot of people when they first start watching the show and they hear that song first and they see they're like i wasn't sure how i felt about it at first but then it, you know what it kind of works and it's like yeah. yeah it does you know and you got to give it a chance so it's we're really testing a lot of things out we don't know what's going to stick mm-hmm. and we just got lucky in that it all stuck yeah, um, no, we got our first nomination today. Yeah, yeah, TCA nomination. Whoa. So, yeah. What for? Best new show um, by the TCAs, the yeah. Yeah. Association, which is a big, it's a huge deal. Huge That's a big, big, That's big awesome, business. man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. It, it's, it's nice yeah. when you get that, like, in the support of your peers and that to kind of just sort of cement what you guys have known mm-hmm. in that. You, Especially the critics. Yeah. Right. What is more important to you, that your peers respect what you're doing or the uh, the critics? I mean, obviously, there's different uh, value in each Um, I don't, I don't really care about what anybody thinks. <laughs> I don't no. read any YouTube comments. I think it's, <laughs> it's too far. It's too many bracelets. You're like, fuck yeah. that motherfucker. Yeah, really <laughs> I'll choke you with my bracelets. Yeah. Um, nine, no, nine is a totally acceptable number. It it's is, fine. It is. Yeah. You counted. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's, uh, it's too I mean, yeah. they're equally important. Granted, I do not give a lot of attention or energy to what is said or how it's being said because that def- deflects me from doing my job. Yep. Mm-hmm. However, uh, it's it's nice to have critics behind you because critical review can kind of substantiate the lifespan of your show. Totally. You know, sure. And break ha- it in some cases. Exactly. And then when you have the love from people, that genuine love from people, you know that you've done your job well enough to actually engage the audience. So you are. It's sort of testing ground to see how effective you are at what you're doing. Right. And if what you are doing, uh, if it matters, it will show and and how people respond, you know? And this is the kind of topic where I I imagine the fan response from this, the the people who watch this show Mm -hmm. have got to like their appreciation for the source material and what you guys are doing is got to be really high like you have to have some crazy well, I'll, I'll tell you this. thankful fans right now ancestry.com should be paying us because <laughs> i i talk to so many people yeah, on a regular basis ancestry. who are like i start watching the show and then i did my own family research and did you know my great great grandma she was on the underground railroad Holy my great granddad that i'm like okay cool but when you hear it enough times like yo i need to hit up ancestry real quick yeah you know because obviously we're hitting y'all with the plugs yeah, right you know seriously. kick me back a couple percentage maybe a couple points uh, on the back end. you know that only goes to the producers right <laughs> see that see that so scares you, me that yeah. scares me because my, 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 my mom's family's from georgia and i don't necessarily know if i want to go to this interview guys i'm never wearing yeah for freedom I'm not uh, wearing cotton again ever. Don't ask me why. <laughs> we, we, we wear cotton, but we don't pick it anymore. Well, oh, God. I mean, you, if that's not the tagline. <laughs> we wear cotton, but we don't pick it. Uh, oh, been, God. You grew up in North Carolina, yeah? Uh, I was I was born in North Carolina. Okay. Yeah. Where'd you go to uh, acting school at? I didn't go to acting school, man. I, I, I got the chops in the rough way, man. I was uh, started in New York yeah. and, you know, did like 
print and commercials and extra work as a kid and just kind of grew up, graduated from there. My brother and I ended up on... Uh, okay, yeah, uh, your brother's an actor. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's actually well. shooting his show right now in North Carolina called Six. It's on okay. uh, History Channel. I think it debuts July 18th. But, nice. um, Their mom stays smiling, man. Yeah, I, I, mean, I was going to say. And their baby sister just graduated. Yeah, from, uh, she uh, she graduated from UCLA at 19. She did it in three years. What? Which means yeah. she started at 16. 16. Right. Wait, <laughs> so it, it took so Brad three and a half years to graduate from USC, and he didn't even graduate. No, I, no, I didn't graduate. <laughs> I just went. <laughs> like, I'm here. Yeah, yeah. Right yeah. Then someone gave me a microphone and said, say jokes into this. And I was exactly. like, well, that's way better than yeah. going to science class. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of that's fun. That's amazing. Now, is, is your sister going into acting as well? Or no, no. Nah, she, uh, she started off with neuroscience for her first two, two oh, and a half shit. years, and then she graduated out of uh, with a... Um, a degree in anthropology, so and she graduated early. Yeah, yeah. She, she oh my god! Early. So she's kind of proud, smart. proud yeah, parents, very and, much so. And you got um, mil- military parents, correct? Yeah, yeah. Both my mom and my father uh, were Marines. That where I say were they are Marines. Yeah. Once a Marine, always Marine. always. But they were they met in Okinawa on duty. <laughs> and yes. uh, I've been to that base. Yeah, have you? Yeah, I did. I I did some stand up over there. She yeah man and and there there's a lot of that going on between marines because you you see on the base and what's outside of that yeah. okinawa it's like nah you're like you're just gonna be hanging out at that base yeah like, there's not a lot like you not go and get do. a really cheaply made t-shirt but that's about it like, that's the only thing outside of those walls <laughs> yeah it's, like, it, it's not tokyo it's, no. not, it's not that there's no dave and busters nearby. it's very very simple well, it's the simple life it's a humble simple life what's yeah. it like growing up in a uh a marine well, household. Uh, I was a single single parent household. So yeah. my mom was very very strict, yeah. indulgent. Yeah. And my brother and I, we, I mean, we had a great childhood, but you know, education was key. So through the summer vacation, everybody's out in the streets playing, you know, games and all that. We had to earn that because we were still inside doing school. But oh, we also had other things that were priorities. We were still in the business. We both started at three years old. Three, I think I started around like two or something like that. So that's always been in the family. We had to earn it. Um, mm-hmm. my brother and I, we started college. I was 14. He was 15. So we Jeez. always had to make sure that, you know, regardless of acting, we had the education to take care of the contracts, take care of whatever else we wanted to do. And even right now we're, um, diversified, small cap venture capitalists. We're invested in, in a few different things. I myself am a micro mechanical engineer. I, I make watches. So like mom said, education let me, let me is stop the him. He makes hundred thousand dollar watch let's, what let's well let's okay I, I, let's put a des- pin in that design 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 forget what? the part in the show can you yeah. give me a watch my god no nah, no nah, i mean i i i've been in the game for for a minute as so it, a, was, it was your reward to kind of do the acting stuff but after you completed like your educational like yeah i mean duties. you know education was the priority acting was the uh the privilege yeah um wow and you enjoyed we, it as a kid we like, wanted to do it well, I mean, definitely I enjoyed yeah. it, but it's, it's one of those things where a lot of kids are pushed into it because of somebody else's ambitions. But yeah, for sure. us, you know, it's like kids who want to play sports. You know, if you go out there, you win that game, that's cool. If you have a bad day, you can't quit. Yeah. So for mm-hmm. us, playing the game with the entertainment, she was like, if you want to do it, yeah, but you got to earn it. You got to work at it, and you're not going to quit just because you don't like it because you had oh, a bad day. So you have attitude. to earn it, you know? What and, a great uh, attitude that she instilled with you with yeah, that. Mom's is a beast, man. Awesome. No yeah. kidding. And I... Based on what you've described, your brother and your sister doing, obviously she was yeah. she was good at what yeah, she did. Jesus. I mean, we doing. Uh, <laughs> I just make hundred thousand dollar watches, whatever. In my nah, spare nah. time, nah, nah. <laughs> I'm I'm shoot. I that's a whole different endeavor. I mean, I go into production for my my own brand 
I, I was I was an independent designer for a while, so designing mm-hmm. for other other companies. But I, I go into my own production in uh, in a few months, and it's boy, it's a process, dude. We don't have enough time. Between to talk this about dude it. literally stays with his like his sketch pad. I almost brought it up. Like, it's I'm in the shocked car. he doesn't have it right yeah. now. Wow. No, I almost you, brought it up. What's yeah. in it? What are you just constantly designing? All of my 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 inventions, innovations, my theories, um, and watch designs. And, Holy and how do you even develop a passion or like a you recognize that um, that's like something you can do well i've always had a passion for art i've yeah. been a painter since yay high i started interning at an architecture firm from 13 to 15 years old uh, um by the time i was uh at my last college when i was like 18 i was at art center college of design and i was there for product design so i just you know picked up watches but um I've always known that I want a company. Just picked up watches. <laughs> well, I mean, I literally picked up a watch. <laughs> it's like, it's like, dude, I, I want to make. Like, I picked up handball. Like, like that's what, that's what I just picked yeah. up. I, I wasn't like even that good at it. Punks. Well, see, look, I was, I was a nerd, super nerd. I still am. I, girls were late in the game for me. Like my mm-hmm. first girlfriend, I think, was like eighteen years old. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, and let's not even talk about, you know. All the rest thing. that comes with it. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, I was a little late in the game. It's like, hey, man, like, I don't want to get into details, but let's just say let's when, just I, when I was in straight out of Compton, a breakthrough happened. Exactly. <laughs> a few people noticed. A few people. A few So, I mean, there was that. There was yeah. the fact that I was very introverted. There was the fact that, um, you know, I wasn't big on in sports. Well, I, I'll say this. I wasn't big on recreational sports. I was uh, a fighter growing up. Since I was six years old, I've been a martial artist. So for me, that was my sport. But Jesus, basketball, dude, football, Screw the Dos Equis guy. You're I mean, the most interesting man in the world. <laughs> Fuck Jesus this. And, and and I know, like, you you also play instruments? Like, you what? No, no, no. Play is a very strong word. Practice. People oh, okay. keep saying play, and it's like, yo, don't put your boy out there like that. <laughs> um, no, nah, I do. I, I have a, a passion for violin that I, I picked up for. I've had it for a few years. But um, I just have very little time to practice these things. Well, right. Yeah. Well, when you're designing watches and, and martial arts and acting, uh, do you have a second dick? What do you not have? <laughs> I'm like, Jesus Christ. I got three dicks. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about He's it. He's so far ahead yeah, of the game. That's such a three dick thing to say. <laughs> Don't worry. I got, I got <laughs> three dicks. You keep to your word yeah. and figure that N- out. Now, now I'm really impressed on how you were running in the show. Because yeah, how the saying. fuck are you doing that with three dicks? You know, it's just, you know, you tuck and go. You know? Tuck and go. It's kind of hard. You know, you got, you know, you got 10 inches, 11 inches, and 12 and a have but it's it's like it's whatever you man. have it's my a, height yeah. and dick that's depressing uh, i don't even have uh, by the way my height and dick it's for sure your memoir uh, yeah like, oh. the title of your next Absolutely. i'm gonna get uh mitch album to write it instead of tuesdays with maury yeah, it's gonna be yeah. my height with dick uh, oh, that's incredible. dude that's incredible that uh, all all the stuff that you were involved in and and like I don't want people to think that you sort of broke through with acting with uh, Straight Outta Compton yeah, and nah, now yeah, Underground. Nah. Like your IMDb page, <laughs> bro. Yeah, so long. Like it's you, you. You've been doing this. Like, all right, let's. Here's something to give people an idea. You've been in two Die Hard movies and yeah. played two different roles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's what the what's, fuck? Here's what's even crazier. And one of them, I think the span is like 15 years apart. Yeah, because wow. you were in Die Hard with a Vengeance. vengeance when I was one. like, yeah, I was like eight or something like that. Yeah. And then the next one was, uh, the actually, mo- it's longer than 15 years. Yeah, then the was one, the most recent one, like A Good Day to Die Hard. Yeah, or, I was like 24, 25. Yeah, then, yeah, so. yeah. Um. Yeah. It's it's been a minute, man. It's weird. Like people ask me what my breakthrough role is, and and a lot of people assume it's Compton because it was Such really high profile. Yeah. But yeah. 
and I've been in this business so long with respect to Compton. It was fantastic. However, I don't really believe in the breakthrough. I believe in great steps. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. um, leverage for me, I did, I did leverage on TNT for five years and that really established my audience, which came and followed me to Compton. So, right. You know, everything is a step that attributes to your future. That's why you have to be careful with whatever job you take, especially in this business, because you are the vehicle for your, you're the vehicle driving your career and you have to know where it is you want to go. Yeah. So I got the script for you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Can oh, I, thank right, you. Cool. Can yeah. I get that described on a watch? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For your career? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Also, oh my God. Yeah, leverage is what? Like the first real consistent gig, right? Where you're like on TV yeah, yeah, like yeah. in people's households. I mean, everything before that was just knocking out job after job, maybe a couple of recurrings here and there. And before that, actually, was, I had a really great time uh, knocking out a great recurring role on uh, Friday Night Lights. Yeah, but yeah, leverage was mm-hmm. my home. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I'm eternally grateful for that because there's still people watching this today. Like, hey, where's the next season? I'm like, bro, we stopped filming in 2012. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, I got straight out of Compton money exactly. now. <laughs> Isn't that great how, like, fans, like, there are people, there's just so much content to consume and, like, the ways to get it. And people, like, like people, like, will we'll, uh, check this pod. Like, a lot of people listen to the podcast, like, the day it comes out. But then people. Yeah. This podcast? Oh, yeah. Oh, you guys have an audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We got, like, it's all dwarfs. And his two dicks. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, three, dicks. Three, three, yeah, three, three, sir. Three, sir. Well, 10, 11, 12 and a half. I need you to get it right. Put some respect on my name. (laughs) Yeah. One of the dicks isn't a fan. He just listens to Marin. He's a Marin guy. My 10-inch dick is really upset. It's upset. Normally the biggest draw in the room. My 10-inch dick. That sounds like a really weird sitcom in the 80s. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Tuesdays after Small Wonder, it's my 10-inch dick. (laughs) It's a progressive show. (laughs) Sure. Uh, It's multi-cam. Where where does the State Farm LeBron commercial fall in there? Oh, wow. Yeah, dude. Wow. I feel like, dude, looking back, that might be the, f- I mean, that was pre-Leverage and Friday. You LeBron Lights, commercial? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was years ago. Actually, that was during Leverage. I okay. think we were shooting season one or two. So it was right before Leverage really kind of got its, its uh, foundation. You're but, a big dude. Next yeah. to LeBron, I mean, you look like Brad. Yeah, no, LeBron is big-ish. Someone just got shot at the Cavs parade. Wow, you I serious? just saw it on my phone literally sitting here. Come on, oh, man. Come on, good. Cleveland. <laughs> you had don't, it. Don't go off Philadelphia. Y'all. No, you had like the, like the worst thing that was going on was that but, you all jumped on a fire truck. Right. I mean, come on. That 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 had people in it's LA so, going, "Wow, they, I mean, they, they're, they're, I'm they're doing this Philly. right." I was very proud of the fire, you know, driving down Broad Street. That was. Uh what was that? Can LeBron uh, stage a filibuster real quick to get a can can, can the NRA <laughs> listen to LeBron? Effectively stage a filibuster? I don't know. Maybe. You Hopefully, know, fingers crossed. There yeah. were like yeah. 42 gun-related deaths during the filibuster, during the 14, 15 hours. Well, well, guns aren't true. a problem, though. <laughs> uh, guns well, don't kill people. Guns kill people. People kill people. people, kill people. people. With what, mother? <laughs> with well, what? Kill people. <laughs> with what? With one of my three dicks, maybe. Exactly. <laughs> Boom. I kind of want to go back to what Chris Rock said. Like, can we charge like $1,000 a bullet? Well, yeah, yeah. You'll never right. have another death, another gun-related. So people right will on, be throwing the gun at you, not the bullet. <laughs> <laughs> Kill you if I could afford it. Yeah. Afford it. Yeah. I'm gonna push this bullet through you and get it back. Yeah, yeah. But well, wait, so how was it doing a LeBron commercial when you're a Warriors fan? <laughs> well, see, back then I was a Boston fan, but okay. everybody left the team. Yeah, and when, when Doc leaves the team, you're like, come, like, that was like my whole, yeah, right. everybody's literally everybody's gone because people yeah, want to come know. to play with Doc still after you. Yeah, I'm like, come on, like, come on, Doc. Yeah, yeah. And you saw you know, Rondo but, and you saw the uh, like, exactly. Saw a couple of people at the time. In L.A. or Boston? Would you rather live in L.A. or Boston? 
I mean, you're talking about Doc. L.A. Yeah, with a that's right. Under your pocket, you're right. You're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. L.A. There you go. <laughs> LA. But um, no, it was weird because like I mean, I definitely got respect for LeBron. Got got yeah. respect for his game. I mean, the boy's a beast, as you can see. But everybody's like, oh my god, you're doing this, you know, this commercial with LeBron. How is it? Like, how was it meeting him and this and that? Yeah, and I be best friends. I'm like. Him. I mean, you know, it's cool meeting him, but you know, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm at work. Yeah. This is my coworker. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I see it like that. You're not, you know, because you're not like hitting up LeBron in between takes. Like, hey, so you know, like there's this really cool ski ball place, like, like, no, like right down the road. No, we work together. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying? Much respect. I mean, do your thing. Yeah, you know. But we, I'm not jumping on the because we it's a job right. <laughs> you know what I'm do, you, do you yeah. ever look, are there ever like uh, on any sort of uh, set and this is you know probably good advice for anyone who's uh, getting into the business like do you uh, you welcome an do opportunity a fangirl out with well, like, like if, if there is a moment like if lebron do you wait for lebron to talk to you before you go like oh cool like we can shoot nah. the shit or do no you no like, I, I i go i'll talk to anybody yeah because yeah, it's the confidence i have having myself i mean look if I am in the same space as you are, obviously I'm I am of here. the same caliber yeah. as you. Yep. You, you know, we are working in the same space. I've earned my place here. So I give respect, but I've learned to hold myself with much respect because there's some t- so many times where you'll be on a set and a lot of people around you treat you like nothing because mm-hmm. they're looking at this person over here, that person. Yeah. And it's really debilitating. You know, as an entertainer, you're, sure. you're trying to figure out how, where is my value? But mm-hmm. you got to commend it by owning it and being that yourself. And I look at you, hey, you've accomplished X, Y, and Z. But honestly, I'm going. I've accomplished great things. I will continue to accomplish great things. None of that matters. All that matters is that we're both here in this space, and we're equals. I, I never that. let anybody make me feel less than. You know. So then, when you were shooting Jack Reacher two, yeah, and Tom Cruise walks on set, <laughs> are you are are you like, you know what? I'm gonna stand right next to Tom. like, fuck it. Well, here's the thing about Tom, though. Okay. Uh, he makes you feel comfortable automatically. Oh, okay. That's big time. He 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 comes up to like he'll he'll run up on the extras and hey, how you doing, Tom? What's you know? He'll run up on the security guard. How's your day? You good? You know what I mean? And you know you need anything? You're cool. And you're like, this is Tom Cruise. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know he, he must he, be aware of of his um. Well, he presence, is. So he wants to make people feel comfortable immediately. Yeah, he yeah. is. Because honestly, that is a different experience. You know, you're like ah, crap. It's it's like yeah, this is it's, this is. Like this is time, right? <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like you can't get this around is, that. You know, yeah. you know, it's it's big. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But and, um, and it, it, it's it's got to be in a weird situation where you're of that celebrity, where you know, and I think even like when they asked, like the NBA players didn't wear suits all the time until Michael Jordan wore suits mm. all the time, and they right. asked him like, "Dude, why are you wearing suits and not showing up in jeans and a t-shirt like all the other guys?" He goes, I'm "Going to work Be- because every day is somebody's first day meeting Michael Jordan." Ah. So he was aware of like what he meant to people. So that so that's got to be interesting to where you're Tom Cruise and you go, wow. If I say hi to this extra, right, that's going to be their story that they tell for years. Exactly. It's like I was on this movie and Tom Cruise said hi to me. And yeah. Tom Tom wore a tuxedo every single day. And, uh, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> no, no. And he rode and he rode, and he rode a motorcycle <laughs> exactly. and then no. stopped four miles <laughs> off a set and then ran full exactly. speed. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, he um I think he is very aware of it and. Think more than looking internally and saying this is what I am to mm-hmm. people. You know, he. I mean, he's working also not as just the actor, but also as the producer. And what I I kind of learned from just watching how he, how he worked. You know, he needs his team to perform well. Mm-hmm. So in order to get the best performance out of your team, whether it's crew, whether it's staff, whether it's your your actors, you got to give people respect. And yeah. that's what a lot of 
people miss the mark on. They think it's about them when they're on the set when it's not. So they you're, you're on a team. They're just like, this movie's about yeah. me. I'm the star, so everybody like, should come to me. We get it. You're here, yeah. but there are other people too. How does this work with just you? You know, mm-hmm. and I think he really understands the environment and that everybody needs to feel respected, and there needs to be sort of this even level of of civility in order for people to do their jobs adequately. Yeah. You know, I can relate to that with stand up because it's like, you know, when we're both on the road and mm-hmm. we'll go to a club for a weekend and headline, it's like I make a point to get to like be friendly with the staff and like the uh, the owner and just everybody mm-hmm. so that like I can feel comfortable to do, to do my job because I'm yeah. like, oh, if everybody like knows that I'm like, you know, fun and cool and, and they want to like, they'll want to work harder at their job, like whether, you know, it's managing a heckler or just like, just uh, making it like a collective experience. And so that's, and no, they shouldn't that be in life. Just, yeah, just totally. totally. With kindness. I mean, guru yeah. Mike Jackson. You know what I mean? Just <laughs> practice love. Totally. I mean, as like a producer, like what, like when you, uh, I don't talk to anyone. I'm a producer. Nah. <laughs> Just talk to my agents. Like, yeah, but you're a personable dude. Like, how no, no, you- no. I, I think it's really important, whether it's on a set or in a, in a staff meeting or even something as pretentious as like the Soho House. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, talk to everyone, know everyone's name, um, treat people with respect. I just think that's uniformly just being a good human being. It, it, it's so yeah. weird that, and you got equity in that with people. Yeah, I mean, even when we, yeah, I mean, you know? you know, so so Mike and I met at Red Rocks right when we were doing the Series Fest, and John Legend uh, was. Uh, performing at red rocks and i was doing stand-up before whitney cummings who'd been before john and by the way like that was the i mean it was a cool experience but like stand-up versus everybody was there like we want john legend and here's a jewish guy (laughs) (laughs) some dick jokes and everyone's like what where's john right Uh, i almost started singing all of me just to give them a little and it was pouring and it was pouring rain pouring rain but like uh you know and when we met it was like and and once uh, and you introduced yourself and I saw you with John everything I kind of like we met through Wit though right we met through Whitney yeah yeah. but then like once and it was like really dope to me that like oh like you know you were there like with John that was and he was kind of you know prepping warming up and doing his thing but like you were still on about like just chumming it up with people and like when you and I started chumming mm-hmm. up I was like oh that's so dope that like you know you guys are here in a big capacity but you still like were he was just trying to get cocaine and hookers out of you. Well, hey, man, he got it because I delivered that. <laughs> I mean, it was a fucking great night. I'm just saying, I'm it just was saying. a great night. Red Rocks for nothing. You know, yeah. what I think about I think cocaine about that night though. It's funny that night because I've seen John perform a trillion so many times. times yeah. yeah, but that was right around the time of the shootings. Yeah. in Charleston. Mm. Oh, and yeah, you know, yeah. John grew up, uh, with, you know, in a religious family and going right, to church, right, right. and like his grandparents always taught him, like growing up, like they worked at the church. They're like, you know. Always have your door open. Mm-hmm. Always let people in. Always be of service, mm-hmm. which is what those folks at Charleston did that night. Yeah. And I remember when he was performing, uh, he uh, was doing What's Going On. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he just started bawling. And I don't know if you remember, but like he stopped singing I do. and just kept playing the piano, but his back was to us. And I was like, what the fuck is he doing? I guess he's really in the moment. I didn't know what was going on. And like mm-hmm. afterwards, I found out. And it's like, I always will think about that night mm-hmm. at Red Rocks and his tears in Charleston. Yeah. And yeah that was powerful. Because, I mean, that's those moments, too, just like musically. I mean, he seems like he's always locked in and to his performance. But it's like, sometimes you just He made get- Captain Kirk cry <laughs> at really the Oscars. <laughs> he made he Captain did. Kirk cry. I was there that night. Oh, my God. And uh, the kid really... Has a strong command of the English language. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> but uh, he's a truly compassionate dude who, you know, we do a lot of great stuff 
in the community, and he like literally runs to the fire. How did you guys even meet and be and start get lifted and, and just become pals? And I mean, is it a pal thing first and then business? Yeah, we were so Ty Stachorius, who's his manager, yeah. our partner mm-hmm. at our at our company, Get Lifted Film Co. Plug. Um, <laughs> Uh, Ty and I were friends since elementary school back in Philadelphia. She went to Penn with John. And right when he graduated, also like Alice's sister at the age of 20 from UPenn, started at 16. Yeah, so John's John's a smart dude. Moron. Um, (laughs) Like the smartest kid in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Basically, he was just a kid who played piano and and was trying to find gigs. And at that point in time, I was like a guy who could help you do that. Um, So Ty introduced us. I had him sing for me at a restaurant while I was on a date. <laughs> wow. That's what did you have him sing? <laughs> we can't even remember. It was like a Stevie Wonder song. I just know I got laid that night. Uh, you think? Uh, I mean, even though he's not cool. like he's not John Legend, but he, he's still the, the voice he and the talent's there. So, I mean, uh, come on, yeah. man. But, um, you know, that was, that was our introduction. And from that point forward, I knew nothing about the music business. And I decided I wanted to be a music manager. Wow. And I called a friend who was a lawyer, entertainment lawyer, and we signed John Legend. And I was his first manager. Wow. Uh, based on him singing in a restaurant, you were like, I gotta, I gotta. Well, well what happened after? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, was, like, yeah, he sang the pants off a woman. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> literally, literally <laughs> I was like, this kid, this boy can sing. That's a talent. If you, if, yeah. if, if he sings, then panties drop. Like, that's so like. I've never left his side ever since. <laughs> <laughs> um, He's a great wingman. Uh, I have recordings of him if I need it. It's like, I, I, w- I wasn't too familiar with his music. All, like, literally, I, all I knew is that he was dating at the time Chrissy Teigen. I'm like, Who's, how, why, how, why does he get Chrissy yeah, T? What, 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 what the fuck? And then I heard his song. I was like, oh, oh that's, oh, oh, that's why. I move now, but I'm, oh, that's why. I'm that's like why. eight months single, so my yeah. move now is like, have you heard the new John Legend album? <laughs> oh, you haven't. Oh, yeah, it's not out it's yet. Not, uh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> what a power move. Let's just go so, get some vino. And, yeah. There you I'm go. Kidding, I'm not that guy. No, no, no. What, uh, and you were telling me, I think, at Red Rocks that, that Oprah day, because I think that's when I remember first seeing, yeah, I watch Oprah. And, uh, it's cool. and it's cool. he, it's John cool. was on, right? That was kind of like a big intro. When I don't remember. Ordinary people. I don't, I don't know about that. Um, that wasn't like his, his first intro big, to the world, but that was like a big. I don't remember. I, his first big televised thing, I believe, was Ellen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. I remember that was like a big deal. Well, Ellen, Oprah, people get those easy, easily mistaken. Yeah, you there talking about Dory? St- <laughs> <laughs> talking about Dory? Dory. <laughs> I just saw it. With my I don't know if I can tell movie. this story. I, well, I mean, you can't. You have when, to tell it now. I mean, you can. We yeah, can always I mean, cut it out. It's an Oprah story. To. Yeah. Okay. We don't I have mean, enough Oprah stories on this podcast. No. <laughs> so, I'm not here. I'm not here. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, someone that was in our camp, like a assistant level person. Took a call from Oprah's office about John performing at a private gig or yeah. something, and uh, uh, they basically tried to leverage his performance with an appearance on her show, mm. which is inappropriate. When you yeah. Your first album in Oprah calls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, one day we found out he found out that uh, Quincy Jones was going to give him a buzz, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I've made it!" Like Quincy right. Jones is yeah. calling me, and like he gets the call, he's like, "Hey, Mr. Jones," and he goes, "Shut up and listen, kid." <laughs> <laughs> no one talks Oprah like that. And John like had no idea what was going on and then found out and then literally flew from like Europe to like Oprah's private residence to do this gig for her. Whoa. Um Whoa. but she gave him like this awesome watch and she's literally been like one of our biggest allies yeah. since that day. Wow. She has um, the Midas touch. Yeah. She's yeah. Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you have to say. Is she's uh-huh. Oprah. What was her yeah. place like? I didn't go. Okay. Uh, she has like some ranch out here in Santa Barbara. Yeah, yeah, she does, Montecito. Like, yeah, 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 Montecito. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She does like every. Not year, that I hang does, out there. Not outside that I drive the gate. by it every night. Let's <laughs> 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 go, Oprah! Come on, help the dwarf out! 
We need to shoot you out of a cannon over the fence. Raise us up, Oprah! Raise us up! She's the best. Dwarf lives yeah. matter. Dwarf lives Dwarf matter, lives matter. <laughs> Dwarf lives matter. That's season three of yeah. <laughs> Dwarf's Lives Matter. That's awesome. Uh, so then with, with Underground then, so then does that come to you or to John or... or so Underground yeah. was a unique situation because it was something that Joe and Misha had already... They wrote it gotcha. yeah. before any producers were on. Yeah. They just went and did the work. Um, and they rig- initially went to a guy named Akiva Goldsman, who's like an Academy Award winner. Just a small thing. Um, yeah, sure. He's, you know, he's kind of got, look at his IMDb page. Yeah. He's ridiculous. And he's Akiva awesome. and his partners. Uh, is it the guy from Selma, I want to say? No, no, no. Okay. No, a beautiful mind. Beautiful mind. Oh, oh shit. Uh, he, he wrote it. Okay. See? That Done. reaction right there. <laughs> yeah. Done. But uh, he's, you know, he's producing Transformers right now. He's like a, he's a, he's a whale. It's another small movie. Um, yeah. He's shaped. Yeah, anything good? His stature. Yeah. Um, but they went to Akiva and his partners, Joby and Tori, and they actually were the, that was the team that, uh, set up the show gotcha mm-hmm. and then we came on soon afterwards um and i knew aldis and who did you call i knew aldis <laughs> how'd you guys know each other yeah it's black hollywood <laughs> is that a thing yeah it is mean, a, it's bad a, night in a strip club you know, uh, that's how avoid, the best of friendships you know man. i don't no no we had uh we have a mutual friend yeah, yeah. mutual yeah. friends actually yeah but this is way oh, before yeah we've like, known each other before way gotcha. before shout out to yeah. that mutual friend julia white let's, yes. just, say, let's just say his name right <laughs> here of the podcast. Yeah, urkel yeah. is the man urkel yeah. is the man yeah, yeah. i think i have a call actually <laughs> yeah uh, when you get when you and john started get lifted it was uh did you have a meeting about like what type of shows we want to attach ourselves to no you know and it wasn't even about attaching ourselves to shows really it was about mm-hmm. it was really about having a voice and using the platform and, yeah you know we launched get lifted pre all of me pre oscar so mm-hmm. as much stature as John has now, he was definitely like a known dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we were preparing for now then because we believed in what was coming. Now, no one saw the Oscar coming, but we believed in the, the work he was doing for the album mm-hmm. and we know what kind of man he is as yeah. a human being. He is. So we knew his, his, his perspective on things were a little more elevated than a lot of other people in his position. Sure. So the whole idea of get lifted was that was the name of the first album. And, you know, we just wanted to develop content that had a story and that, shown a light on brown and black in an elevated way mm-hmm. um and there's a lot of other stories with brown and black folks in them and they tell their stories their way and there's no shade on how anyone else does it but we had a responsibility to do it our way um but outside of that there wasn't like a real mandate you yeah. know like we'll do play we have a play yeah. right now we'll, we'll do you guys uh, a neil brennan show we do neil brennan's play we have another play right now uh starring joe morton called turn me loose nice uh, you guys got like a gregory you guys got a movie Southside. Southside with you is a movie we have Southside. Southside with you Southside. which is the story of barack and michelle obama's first date first date on the south mm-hmm. side of chicago yeah. what yeah, yeah. And i remember yeah. I, where'd they I, go uh, buca de beppo they did so you read the script no, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, Adam's eyes got so big. <laughs> like, tell me, what? <laughs> I, if I could become president if I just take a girl to Bukinabebo? Well, but I met Obama. I, I met him oh my God. a couple times. And, uh, a couple times. One of the times. Uh, I'm just going to drop that. Yeah, he was, uh, let me pick that up real quick. Yeah. <laughs> the most powerful man in the front. Well, you know, you right. know, comes yeah, yeah, to yeah. Tomato, tomato. Um, and he goes, So I hear you guys made a movie about me. Oh, and he man. goes, no one asked me if they can make a movie about me. <laughs> nice. And he goes, it was right after Sundance. He goes, yeah. but I hear, I hear, I hear the people like the movie. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, yes, Mr. President, we can, uh, we can get you a copy, sir. And he goes, I think I like that, Michael. Can you, can you please get me a copy of Southside with you? Because the critics really seem to like it. And I was like, yes, sir, Mr. President. And he still like, hasn't gotten a copy. <laughs> 
Has he reached out? Has he emailed you? Is that why Secret Service is listening to this yeah. as we speak? You know he's got a finger on the button, right? Yeah. Like, he could just be like, well, let's be clear live? about one thing. No emails from the president will ever make it to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's a, what is that even like being in uh, uh, the president's presence? It's pretty Un- cool. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's surreal. Uh, and we just met Hillary. We've met her a bunch, but we just were with her mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. uh, at the Greek. It's put, it's a privilege. It's an honor. On her being the next president. Yeah, like, we just met Hillary. For sure. The next one. No, so. yeah, that's happening. <laughs> Whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah, back-to-back yeah. presidents. Yeah. You know, it's cool. But <laughs> her son-in-law, Mark, went to school with Ty, my partner, yeah. myself, back in Philly. Okay. Okay. Um, so we have, you know, whatever. Now, how did you find this Obama story? Like the first day, like, how does that, I mean, it's, it's already like, so some... this guy named Richard Tanney yeah. had been developing the script, um, and finished it. And then Tika Sumter, who plays, uh, Michelle mm-hmm. is a friend and she shared the script with me, quite frankly. And at the time we actually didn't collectively both sides decide to work together. They went off and made their movie. Um, I was pissed that we <laughs> didn't jump on. Mm-hmm. But again, friends, Tika's a friend, Bob Title, who's the producer's a friend. And I just started tracking it. And I asked her to go to lunch with me one day. And I said, you should let me meet me, meet me for lunch. And I mm-hmm. uh, just told her that I really would love to see it. And is there a place for us still in the film? And she said, well, you guys can come in and, and be executive producers and really kind of like help us finish it out, help us go for the run. We did an original song. We, I, I take credit for everything John does. I'm like, we wrote an original song. <laughs> I mean, hey, which it was, it was just me going, hey, John, give <laughs> your song. <laughs> Send on the email. More yeah. <laughs> <it>. G chords. <laughs> but the funny thing about the song was, it was uh, we wanted him to write a ballad. We wanted him to write, you know, we all know what happens with Barack, uh, the president and the first lady. Yeah, but sure. it's still a movie about a first date. Mm. And it's mm-hmm. a movie about like hope. And, and, and like, do I do I take that leap of faith with this person sure and that's sure, a question sure. you can ask after a first date because you you can get a sense of a person hell yeah a real yeah a real moment how many push-ups did he could do before having to play michelle obama <laughs> only like 1036 because those because yeah. those arms had to be like I mean, yeah. yeah you can't you can't be playing michelle obama with like sad Tika's arms in shape. Ah, Tika's in shape. there you go She's in shape. good but uh the song so john kind of knew what we needed him to do and literally like we had the conversation like monday morning Mm-hmm. And I was in New York, and by like Monday evening, he had sent me Dang. a power ballad on a piano. He's a king of ballads. Can, you, uh, can you sing a piece? Can you sing some of it? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me, yeah, let me. I, I need some tea. My, uh, my <laughs> can we get some oh, tea, God. John? Can we get some tea, John? God, Diva. stop writing a next hit. Get the man some chamomile. You love when he serves me tea. <laughs> what is his? Uh, I mean, does he? I guess if you're just that locked in, like, I mean, he just sits. He actually was on a commercial shoot. He wasn't even trying to write the song, oh, and he had time down, and they so, were in the studio, so and there was a piano there, multi-talented. And he'd been thinking about it, and he just kind of went to the sound engineer. He goes, you know, hit record. Now, does he know what he, does he know what's a hit when he's doing it, That's or does he send it to you and go, like, "Yo, I mean, you know my shit." Like, what's? Well, let's be clear. If he sends me things to tell him if they're hits or not, mm-hmm. is his barometer big trouble for him? <laughs> um, but he he knew it was a special yeah. song, um, and, and you know, he sent it to Ty and I, and, and I literally had tears coming down my eyes. Wow. After I heard it, you um, cry? 
Sometimes. Okay. <laughs> just, Occasion. Just, I know that now. Only when, only when Brad gets dunked in the puddles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. During, during my death scene. It's like, man, I didn't know a, a, a dwarf white slave owner dying would affect me this much. It's but so it's actually, emotional. It's actually sad. You such see the little bubbles start going smaller and smaller. As he, <laughs> he was such a good man. Yeah. Like, he, like, Kieran was a slave owner. He was adorable, uh, man. But, he was cute. But, you know, kill Whitey nonetheless. <laughs> I kid. I'm from a white Jewish suburb. I love white people. Now, will there be a uh, like a Kim Kanye follow up first date movie or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're working on that right now. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's going to be epic. Or maybe a. It's a, a actually it's a, a Kanye Rashad, a Mad Rashad first date. <laughs> yeah, I had to. I'm not going to make Kim Kanye jokes. They're okay. way too close yeah. to John and yeah. Chrissy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I saw them at a barbecue two weeks ago. I'm just going to keep. I bet they're dope people. They, I don't you know, know them that well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't really, but. I've been around Kanye a bunch of times, and he actually is a really cool, smart guy. I subscribe to the fact that you can't judge people based on a like you need to have your own face to face encounters with people. Yeah, you, know? you have to, and be, because so many. I mean, I've, how many stories have you heard of somebody like um, an extra on a movie who's like, or seeing somebody in an airport like I, re- I, I met Julia Roberts at the airport, and she was such a cunt. Yeah. It's like yeah. I yelled at her for a picture when she was boarding the plane, and she didn't even turn around. You right, know, man. Okay. I heard a lot of things about you. I heard you were an absolute dick, a tool, yeah. and. I I was like, nah, this guy's actually cool. Adam is great. Yeah. Yeah. Adam is great. Fist bump. Actually, you know what? I do have a, a cool but I will say Julia what, Roberts. Go ahead. Uh, I just want to say one thing about, I'll say one thing about Kanye, that, though. Man. Just one yeah. thing about Kanye. Put a pin in that. And I think there's most people, like, if you're in a controlled environment with someone, mm-hmm. like, in a group of three or four, you yeah. actually get to, like, see the humanity in yes. someone. I mean, and forget celebrity for a second. It's just hum- humans. Like, Assess a, on that, man. He's just know? a dude. Yes. Mm-hmm. With yeah. the talent. Yes. But you put all these cameras and lights and questions. You're going like, to change. It's going to affect. Uh, it's going to affect you. Yeah. But I, you know, my experience with him has always been, and again, we're not like close at all. Sure. It's always been so, so, super so, cool. So, yeah. Social settings. You see yeah. him. You talk to him, and it's like okay. You know, we don't well, run and hug each other, but it's, he's always, when, I, when always, I see Mike in public, you know, he he walks across the street. He doesn't acknowledge me. And I get <laughs> it. Of a bitch, it's Mike. Mike. You know, I get it. Well, I, I mean, school. School. I don't want to tell you what happens in season two. Exactly. Do you know? I know. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know yet. That's dope. Do you, do do you want to know, or do you just want yeah, like, to? Yeah, I have out? to know so yeah. I can figure out what I'm getting into. Well, no, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. like, like, do you want to know like the we, like when you get the script, or do you want it like some advanced knowledge? No, I want advance, advance, so okay. I can know what I'm. Maybe last year was a rough. Wait, <laughs> yeah. The say? weird thing is, you're the only one that doesn't know what happened. I know. I'm like, why am I the only one? Literally, I've been asking for months. I mean, just, just the months. male lead of the show. I mean, <laughs> dude, I, I mean, he sent me an email with what happens in right, right, every podcast. podcast yeah, but Brad has that's how you know Bible. that you're going to be on the. Okay, yeah, 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 exactly. This like, puddle thing ain't a joke. No, it's not. Episode seven is going to be fun. I'm saying episode seven. I think I heard, read, or heard you say that like your first scene of doing last season was you begging to not be. Beat, yeah, right. That was the first thing you did. It was like, um, yeah, it was my first first uh, scene I shot, and that was probably the roughest. Because when I read the script, I I specifically picked that one. I said, this is going to be the hardest one for me. And that's and how you start. That's how you start. Why? Wow. Why the hardest? I mean, well, because I'm a very proud man. Yeah. Um, I I try not to be not in the sense of being conceited, but I am proud of who I am, what I do, and what I know. Mm-hmm. And I would like to think that that pride would spill over to looking in the face of danger or ignorance. So. When I'm on set and I'm thinking that the there was a time where this, this these people had to go through this on a regular basis, the quality of life was so terrible, and that's what they had to get used to. They had to wake up thinking I'm going to get beat, or or you know worse. Yeah. And in this situation where he's groveling for his life, he has to pick the the less of two evils. Yeah. And that was normal. So 
my pride says, I would like to think that I'm the guy that says, screw you, kill me. I don't care. Mm-hmm. But he has to say, oh, you know, please, you know, it just beat me. You know, don't hang me. Don't burn me. Just beat me. And I'll, I'll take that. You know, pretty much basically is what, what's going on here. And to think that that was morally okay to some people at some point. Yeah. You know what I mean? That that really bothered me. But sure. the thing that got me through was the fact that this character was playing a game. He knew what he was doing, and he was strong enough to take that beating. And that beating proved his strength. You know, that, that, that beating proved his mental supremacy because he was saying, you can hit me all you want. You will never break me. And I'm always going to be stronger than you, smarter than you think, smarter than you ever want me to be. And I'm just going to bide my time and wait for the right moment because I'm playing chess. I'm putting you in a position. So he was in that moment taking the beating. He was taking his power. And mm-hmm. that's what I had to key into. But it was still rough because this is what they had to go through. And this was real. And still in today's time, some people uh, still think that way and think it's okay. Yeah, that guy yeah. running for office in Tennessee. Who's bill, who's billboard that we <laughs> read. Billboard. Rick. Yeah, Rick, Rick something. We'll go back Kelly to the, the podcast. Rick, Rick Make America yeah. white again. You son of a now, bitch. I'm real curious. Yeah, like, yeah. With all the uh, you know acting jobs you've had, like obviously, yeah. like getting beat. You hadn't gotten beaten in anything before, right? I mean, that was. Let me see. In those circumstances, I've been killed. I've been shot. Yeah, <laughs> I, I played. Uh, I played an enslaved person before. Okay. Have I been beat before? No, not. But like, like that. the the, uh, like that. the no. that the circumstance of that scene. No, like, yeah, I haven't played that out. Obviously, like you, you prepare, you do your work for for what you're about to do. But like, can you really? Do you kind of just give yourself over to the moment? Like, does, does stuff happen that you just obviously that you can't prepare how you're going to? Yeah, you just you, you go into it. You. You cannot judge the scene or the material. I mean, once you've agreed to it, you take it at, at face value. And it's just like if you're playing a villain, you can't judge the villain and say he's making a wrong decision. You yeah. just have to say he's making his choice. Right. You have to figure so, out why he's doing that. He's, yeah. he, he's not doing it just to be a dick. You he's, know, he's doing it because he has some sort of moral thing where he thinks this is right. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, we're playing out the analytics um, mm-hmm. physically. You know, we, we are taking the audience through that process of why x y and z may happen so i don't judge it i go through it and i just let it happen and let myself try to be as, as honest to the nature of it as possible because that is us to a degree as artists paying homage and tribute to this beautiful culture of people that we're representing here because we have to represent their strength and give them dignity in the best way possible so um finding ways to do that is is going to be uh the constant challenge and um you know as long as we keep getting that opportunity i'm cool but sometimes it gets a little rough okay yeah yeah i mean yeah. when you when they call cut i mean is it like oh guys... when they call cut it's cool because like the the cast that we got working around us you know in that scene specifically i'm working with well i mean well there's reed diamond who plays tom Macon, yeah. there's alana miller who plays cato and then there's pj marshall who plays bill mm-hmm. meeks he is the you know slave driver sure. and he's the roughest one to me in the scene, you know, grabbing me and, yeah. and manhandling me, all that. But when they call cut, you know, he's sitting there like, man, are you okay? Are you good? And yeah. I'm like, bro, we're okay. Don't yeah. worry about it. He's like, I'm sorry. I got, I'm like, it's, it's cool. You well, know? Uh, he's gracious. Yeah. And, and he he's not that it. guide. And to, and to get to that level where yeah. the, like the same, the same way you had to uh, look at the script and be like, okay, how can I be okay with what my character is doing right, right here? And he's got to find some perspective. He's got to find something that makes go, okay, what would make me want to actually do this to this guy? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. there are those moments, like yeah. in episode one, where Journey, Journey, yeah, and and Journey had whip, a moment, yeah, and yeah. they said cut, and she was still in it, still in it. You know, yeah. 
there are those moments where you can't get out of it because when you're going through the motions, you realize the pain that is still the, the pain that sort of resounds yeah mm-hmm. and in today's society and how close to it we are and it does hurt oh i'm know? sure that uh, when you guys are playing those scenes that unfortunately you can probably tap into some memory that's happened in your past where oh, yeah. it's it, it's not it's Maybe not the exact same thing, obviously, but it's somewhere along those lines where you felt that kind of hatred before. You felt that sort of prejudice. Oh, or man, I grew some- up in, in between New York and Jersey. Where I was living in Jersey, they had mm-hmm. the KKK. So no shit. I know about that. Oh. <laughs> like, and oh. Most people don't realize that the KKK had a stronghold establishment in the East Coast and in Jersey. And in yeah. Jersey? Yeah, and in skinheads. Yeah. No yeah. kidding. So, Huge in the Northeastern. No you know, kidding. We, I grew up, I almost put a kid in the hospital for calling me you know, the N-word in school. They tried to expel me. It was going to arrest me. But I was like, look, I'm doing what I know to do. Cause Isn't that like yeah. a viable defense of yeah. like, well, he beat him within an inch of his life. Uh, Your Honor, he said the N-word. Oh, yeah. Screw it's, it. it's viable. It's yeah. viable. Yeah, that's it's cool. Viable. It depends on who the judge is. Exactly. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah apparently, you know, if you go to Stanford, you're okay. You yeah, yeah, you, you can do whatever you want. That oh, pisses me off so in much. The, uh, in the last few minutes we got here, um, yeah. which, by the way, thanks for doing this. this no, was, thanks for having us. You guys are the shit. I want to know who, like, your... Uh, producing wise and like acting wise, just coming up, who you guys um, either have met and and developed relationships and gotten mentors, or people that just um, before you even started, you looked up to and you wanted to try to like model your um, you know your life or career after after what they did. Uh, Mike, uh, you know, through working on Underground, actually, Akiva has become someone that I really yeah. admire, and uh, he he's very accessible. I pick up the phone and call him and ask him questions i'll meet him for lunch um we're actually developing a project together which is fucking crazy mm-hmm. um so he's he's not someone that i looked to prior to underground mm-hmm. other than i know his work and i respect his work but yeah. he's someone who i look to is like you know he's a guy who has my best interests at heart um he's a you know another fellow producer and, and you know and there's also another person in this business who i look up to in a significant way aldous hodge other than Al, other than Al, Oprah, other than other than the big <laughs> O, yes. Um, and she's not a producer, Back she's not Jules. an actor, she's not a director, she's an attorney. Really, um, but her name is Nina Shaw, huh. and uh, she has just become like everything to me as far as like how to navigate these these mean streets of Hollywood. Yeah, well, and and like you said before, when you find people that don't look at you as this is a person who can get me something or mm-hmm. who is that walking ATM that's got to be refreshing and you got to like, okay, I'm going to hold on to these relationships. Exactly. Yeah. So people that have seen it before, lived it before, yeah. you know, that point of reference, like, yeah, I've seen this and this is what's going to happen. This is what mm-hmm. you have to worry about. Because I think, you know, just again in life, like you have to have people around you because mm-hmm. yeah. life is tough. This business is tough and you have to look to your left, look to your right and hope that there's people there that just help you get through it, man. Yeah. It's not and even it, like about putting a smile on your face. It's much like, let's just get through this shit. Yeah. And then when, Adam when, looks to his left, looks to his right, then looks down because that's where I am. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I get my perspective. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, Akiva's definitely that guy. You know, he's, yeah. he's kind of like, you know, the oracle when he steps on set. Hey, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But he's, he's very welcoming. Mm-hmm. I think uh, another person uh, I would say that I do admire and look up to in, in, in terms of mentorship is uh, my old uh, old boss, co-creator of Leverage, John Rogers. Okay. Um, he kind of represents where I see myself in a few years, being a showrunner, giving good jobs, to, uh, giving good fair jobs. He gave me my shot on Leverage because it was the fair thing to do, even though 
they you know network wanted to go with somebody else who was more famous he was like mm-hmm. this kid is the right person for the job so he's he stepped out in and went out of, on a limb for me you know and that's what happened so i want to be able to do that for somebody else and make it a fair game awesome man um, you're gonna be running we, shows huh yeah can that's we good. point out for a second that you are wearing a reading rainbow shirt we can't <laughs> i mean we can but yeah. uh the listeners of this podcast uh all, all all three of them including two two of your dicks yeah. uh <laughs> they, if, if, if they listen to this podcast they'll know that they know. that's that's not outside of adam oh, that's yeah. that's no the, i mean that's i respect unusual. It. i haven't I seen it in a while i think i've got maybe two more years to <laughs> wear this you know yeah. maybe i haven't seen it i was until it. you're I like that. In, yeah. Yeah. until you're like 70 and it goes all the way around yeah. Barber spoke to my graduating class at usc um and uh oh you did graduate yeah I yeah did. No, graduate. he graduated okay. uh, <laughs> but he it was amazing he he uh, he smacked himself with a knife and uh, told us he goes. There's a lot of he goes. That sounds a, like attempted suicide. Well, he, he, he was amazing. He, he goes. He goes. In life, you're gonna know there's two ways to look at things. He goes like this knife. Is it a weapon or a tool? It's and then he starts smacking weapon. himself in the in the forehead with it and cut himself. And I raised my hand. I was like, Lavar, man, I think that's a weapon, dude. You're fucking bleeding. Yeah. And he was like, but see, that's there's two ways to look at that. And I was like. No, no, you're definitely no, bleeding. Bleeding. no. You cut yourself. Yeah. You cut yourself. Uh, you could die. I don't, it's, okay. don't hit a vein, Lavar. Yeah. Uh, what is your Julia Roberts story? Oh, yeah, you well, picked up when you mentioned that. <laughs> no, it's pretty cool, man. Um, I was at this. Uh, I was at. I was at a, a like a little industry party or yeah. whatever, right? At at someone's house, and me Eventually, and my boy. You said what? <laughs> we we can tell you whose house it was. Pee Wee Herman's. Pee Wee. It was Pee Wee Herman's. Me. So that party. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. I heard about that. I read your blogs. So there's me and my boy Neil Neil Brown Jr. who played DJ Yelling in Compton. Right. We're sitting there kicking it. And, you know, we were walking around. There's a dance floor. We go over there. We're like, okay, cool. So we start walking away from the dance floor. Here comes Julia walking up. She's about to pass us. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, shit, you know, it's Julia Roberts. Yeah. She stops us. <laughs> She's like, hey, we're trying to get all the cool people to the dance floor. Where are you going? We're like, uh, we were going to go back. She's like, no, nah, y'all got to dance. Again. So we're like, okay, well, I mean, Julia says yeah. you got to dance. Yeah. You got to yeah, you you yeah, dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, cool. you know, we, we go out there and we, you know, we cut a little two-step with Julia. And I was like, <laughs> cut okay, a two-step this with is Julia. weird, but this is so cool. <laughs> yeah, dude. How's her yeah. moves on the dance floor? She got moves, man. She yes. got moves. You know, dirty dancing too. Julia Roberts. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta say this is this is kind of crazy. It's nostalgic for me being here because when I was a kid, like I started doing stand up when I was eleven. And I started hosting here at the Improv when no I was thirteen, no and I held kidding? a room here from thirteen to like seventeen, eighteen. Yeah, and that was the last time you told a joke. Pretty much, yes. The last time I, I told know, a joke, I know you did stand up. That's nuts. Yeah, man. Wait, and you, Brad, told me you were on Mad TV at some point. Was I? Yes. I yeah. think I, not as like a real cast member. Yeah, or something. Adam's on the new like Matt a, TV. Yeah, he's oh, on really? the new one. Yeah, yeah. Dope. I think I did like a, a snippet, but my brother and I, when we were kids, we were, um, they did this, had, had this little resident kid pack they used on uh, SNL. Oh, yeah. And we did mm-hmm. the circulation for uh, about two years That's on so- SNL. So, so like, like hey, what sketches do you yeah. remember being in? Do you? I can't even remember the yeah. sketches, man. But like, I remember it's like, like Adam Sandler and Chris Farley. Oh, Sam- oh yeah, shit. Yeah. Damn. 
Yeah. So if you got so if we go back and see some of those, like whenever there's kids in the background, might, yeah, and kids in the yes, yes. the reel of your background. Yeah, exactly. Do oh. you even remember being in the presence of Farley yeah. and Sandler? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that because they were cool people, man. Uh, I remember I was taking this picture one time with Adam Sandler, and right before they snapped, he picked me up, held me upside down. So <laughs> as you see me getting snapped, it's like me upside down. Like, oh, <laughs> this is awesome. Dude. But um, yeah, I mean, me and my brother, we go back, man. We even did Sesame Street for two years, and that's Shut that's a wild fuck. ride. We we need wow. to have you back, yeah. and yes. we need those yeah. stories. Continue, I'm coming back, man. I'm coming back. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. I want to get into your stand-up stuff, too, when you come back. That's nuts. I I'm mean, no longer funny, but yeah, we can talk about <laughs> it. Yeah, not with that attitude, man. I'm just saying. We can talk about it. You got timing. He's so, funny. He's funny. So you, haven't been ba- so you haven't even been back here since then? or No, no. I mean, like... To see shows, To right? see a show? No. Damn, oh, dude. Uh, well, running, he's man. a Laugh Factory guy, actually. Okay. <laughs> All right. I, I did... <laughs> was it Laugh Factory? No, it was a Ha Ha. The last time I performed, I thought, Ha Ha. Yeah. Well, well, I'm here in the factory tonight if you guys want to come out. Dig it, man. Hey, I got to go. I got to go. Gotta go, I gotta go uh, see right. The Purge, of which my okay. brother is starring <laughs> oh, in. Oh, shit. Yeah, The yeah. Purge election you here. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to well, hit my audition after this and then yeah. go hit The Purge right after that. Okay. That's yeah, amazing. Um, uh, but yeah, I'll uh, go to a fancy event tonight. Excuse me. Yeah. Excuse me. Is Black time. Oprah? Oh, no, the, yeah, the Paley thing. No, it's Friday. Okay. This is like some... Oprah? It doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> it's Oprah. It's totally Oprah. It's Oprah. It's Oprah, guys. Underground is coming back. Yeah, season yes, season two. Season two. So catch up on all the episodes. Do we have a premiere date yet? Not yet. Uh, but it uh, will be well, spring-ish. Do you know? 2017. Okay. He would know more than me. They don't tell that. Beyond WGN America. Uh, all this dies. Yes. Thanks. Thanks. There it is. Brad takes over. Breaking news. You're going to try to see if nobody notices. <laughs> It'll be on deadline yeah. in an hour. I'm going to play one of the dicks. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good Thanks, night. guys. Show. That's the show. subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast, give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also, get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Julia White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessime Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? <laughs> nice.